welcome to Sparkler Podcast 13. Today we're going to be talking about our new Sparkler RPG project. We've talked about this in the past, just games in general, but we want to talk specifically about the project we've started. It's called ESPU, which is that's sort of the name of the campaign in the world, which, as you might be able to guess, is about, in the broadest sense, psychic powers in a university setting. <laughs> With us today are uh, Leanne, our uh, prose editor, who is also the GM of this campaign. Lillian, Hello. yes, Lillian, who is our comics editor and also plays Courtney, Courtney, who plays one of the characters, Courtney, who she'll talk about in a minute. And my name is Rebecca. I am our audio director and I play Cynthia, who was named by committee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cynthia Blethers. Like, the name Cynthia is a lo- lovely name. The last name Blethers, which I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing correctly, was suggested by the chat room while we were doing this. So <laughs> this is sort of an interesting thing. At this point, we've run one actual session, and you can listen to that on Twitch. We'll have a link to that somewhere on our site. Yeah, we, we did a character creation session, and then a second session that was our first actual gaming campaign. Yeah. And it's been an interesting kind of like comp- combination of Leanne is an experienced GM and kind of knows how to guide a story. But because we're doing it in Twitch, we've got a comments feed going on as well. And so there's definitely a little bit of like audience participation that's been happening. (laughs) That's pretty entertaining. Oh, yeah. Well, to start, the audience has named two of the three playable characters. <laughs> so Blethers uh, as Cynthia a last Blethers name. and Jen Quick is playing Dell Featherbottom. So uh <laughs> thank you. Thank you, chat room. Thank you. Was it Thursday forty two or something? Came up with at least one of those, you jerked. <laughs> Yeah. To sort of summarize the system a little bit, we did do a podcast, as Rebecca mentioned, on tabletop RPGs like Dungeons & Dragons. The Sparkler RPG system is unique. Rebecca specifically designed it for eventual release. We've been releasing it sort of in pieces. Eventually we'll have something more formal, but it's like a a numbering system similar to the way Dungeons & Dragons is a numbering system uh, and guidelines. Twitch is the, for anybody not familiar with Twitch, it's basically like the YouTube of video game playing, where a lot of people will stream themselves playing games of various sorts with commentary. If you're not familiar with Twitch, it's actually really, really big. Watching people play video games and comment during them is kind of a a big thing right now, which is cute. And tabletop RPGs are another thing that people stream on Twitch. We do it as it's audio. So like four of us Skype in and then there's a video feed that goes in it as well, where Rebecca, who's the sort of tech director, brings up character sheets and soon we'll bring up like art for all the different characters who are showing up to give you a visual component to it as well. And as Elaine said, there's a chat room and we take audience participation very seriously. There's kind of a running commentary going on, but some people will participate in the game basically by being the peanut gallery. And we like, we really like that. We like to have, uh, we want this to be a very communal event so that it's not just sparkler making content and drop it, you know, throwing it into the abyss and hoping people like it. This is, we really want a lot of people to be involved in it. The canon is of ESPU specifically is designed to be very fluid. So all of the sparkler RPG system with the numbers, they follow specific rules. ESPU, the campaign, which is another name for sort of a game, a specific game or story that you're playing through. ESPU, we want it to be more like open source. <laughs> for example, Jen's character, Dell has a cat named Tofu and the cat's actions are basically being determined by the chat room, which is pretty great. Yeah, the chat room was almost like <laughs> taking over the cat's actions for a yeah, little while. Yeah, it was good. Fun. So th- there's kind of a lot that we can do. Th- this technology is not like new, new technology, but we haven't really used Twitch before. And so it's been very entertaining. And I'm really impressed with the amount of stuff that you can do long distance and uh, also the number of people who showed up to kind of participate in this. Cause it's been really fun. We're really happy. 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, Leanne's always said that she's the author of Tokyo Demons, in case anyone has forgotten that, how one of the interesting things about writing Tokyo Demons and putting it out there a chapter at a time and getting feedback is that you can kind of change the story and adapt the story based on what people are responding to. And yeah. for example, if they figure out your mystery too soon, you can change it a little bit and make it more mysterious and things like that. So this is almost like that amped up to 11, where yeah. the audience feedback is actually happening mid-game, which, yeah. like, so mid-story, people are kind of commenting and talking about things. And we haven't gotten very far in the story. Mostly the first session is a lot of character introductions and people meeting each other and that kind of thing. But so far, it's been working really well, and it's been a lot of fun, yeah. uh, at least yeah. from my perspective. And we've always had the mentality that fan response is really valuable. There should be sort of something guiding the ship, though, because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when you respond too much and you're just giving people what they want and kind of catering to that, obviously you can lose sort of artistic integrity. I say that while rolling my eyes, but you know what I mean. It's just less being... artistic integrity than I think one of the things that I really enjoy about fiction is being surprised by things. And mm -hmm. if you're just giving people what they want, they're never going to be surprised. Yeah. And even though people think that that's going to be satisfying to kind of get what they want, I actually think it's a lot more compelling to do something different and to give it a twist. And that, that's where the creator slash editor slash whoever, the content creator kind of comes into the picture is mm -hmm. not just catering to what the audience thinks they want, but actually creating an experience that they're going to, you know, respond to in a very different way. Or so. even or even simpler than that, sometimes just making them wait for it, it yeah. makes it better. <laughs> you know, even, even if you're going to give them exactly what they want, yeah. they don't get it for another six chapters. So. Right. Not, not until it's, it's time. Sexual tension. You have to, you know, like, oh, like yeah, the, the whole thing that makes sexual tension work. And I mean, not, not just sexual tension, but like romantic, yeah. romantic yeah. tension, plot tension. The whole thing that makes it work is people wanting something that they don't get right away. So, yeah. you know. Right, you have to earn it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you don't want it unless you are built into it. You know, if you just give people what they want, you're not building up the desire. That's like one of the integral parts of fiction. And that's why... Um, ESPU is going to be so interesting because this is a different way that we're going to have this real-time interaction with an audience, besides the fact that they can be more integral into being parts of the story, running parts of the story, but also that we can, in real-time, tweak <laughs> the way stuff is going, which will be a little bit of a challenge, but I'm not that worried because mm -hmm. Rebecca and I, Rebecca's been doing a lot of the tech stuff on the, on the back end, and she designed the Sparkle RPG system. We've been doing this for a very long time. We'd said in the past that Tokyo Demons was based off a tabletop RPG, adapted heavily for a book, obviously, but... <laughs> And that was the first session I ever ran, and I probably ran 10. So I'm not that worried, other than, you know, sometimes it's going to be a little rusty. The, the, first campaign, real time. The, the first campaign yeah. you ever ran, not session. Yes, the sorry, session the implies campaign. we, we uh, didn't play this very often, when that's a huge oh. lie. <laughs> yeah, we've gamed a lot. Yeah, so we're hoping that even if we apologize for being sort of rough, especially since we're kind of rusty at this point, but we're really excited to see the new heights we can reach with it being basically an open gaming session to the entire world. <laughs> Which yeah, it's fun for me too because like I'm not as experienced an RPGer as you guys are, and like most of my experience is just purely with Dungeons and Dragons in two different iterations of D and D. But still, and like even before that, most of my gaming experience was World of Warcraft. So like I'm very centered in this fantasy sort of high fantasy environment, and so doing something that has you know a supernatural element or like an abnormal element with the sort of low level psychic powers, but is essentially like a real world situation with more of an emphasis on romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, like, my halfling rogue in my previous D&D &D session got stalked by the ghost of her ex-boyfriend at one point, but other than that, there wasn't really a lot of romance. So, <laughs> whereas within our first gaming session, my character was already swooning over some other character. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's going to get interesting because in some of these past games, things got kind of heated. Heated. Yeah, it was heated (laughs) the word for it. I just, it's going to be interesting to do with an audience, but the thing that makes gaming fun is buying into it. So I am fully prepared to embarrass myself for all of you. Yeah, don't don't be afraid to kind of go for it. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Shut up. Oh, Oh, you're the worst. Lan's boy voice. Lan's boy voice is is amazing and terrible. Guys. It still cracks me up that you voice one of the characters for Tokyo Demons, too. So. Yeah, that was partially a staffing issue. (laughs) Yeah, we we didn't have have enough enough men, men. and we didn't have a man. I mean, you know, people who've read Tokyo Demons know that Kato's deal is very complicated, and some of the things he has to say either don't make any goddamn sense or are, like, super awkward and weird. So. She's super awkward and weird, like Leanne. Yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) She she is the queen of super (laughs) awkward and weird. Anyway, regarding ESP, the the next session of it. So we started it basically in December. So if anybody, you know, is like, oh, what is this thing? Uh, am I too late? No, <laughs> this is probably going to be running for a long time. We're planning on approximately one session per month, give or take, depending on where we can arrange it. As we mentioned, Jen Quick, the author of Offbeat, which is Quarry and Gatesmith, is also gaming with us. She's one of the PCs. So right now, the three PCs or playable characters are Lillian, Rebecca, and Jen. Now, Jen Quick is an incredible writer, so it's been really fun to see how she uh, reacts to things. And I think even you can tell from sort of the first session, she's very good at kind of controlling information that she'll like take things in and then bring them up and irrelevant. She's gamed a little bit, I think, in the past. Yeah, um, she's gamed quite a bit, actually, I think. Tabletop but... stuff? Uh-huh. I oh, think okay, so, good. over the years. She's just not she's... recently. I think she's she's rusty the same way you guys are. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she's she's playing it well, so uh, I think mm-hmm. she's... <laughs> I'm looking forward to her surprising us, because <laughs> I'm sure she yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. I think characters her like character was definitely very heavily influenced by kind of like audience feedback. Like, I think Jen went mm-hmm. into it kind of not having a really strong sense of like what she wanted to do. But now that I think the character has been established a little bit, I think she's kind of working behind the scenes to really come up with some cool stuff and, and yeah. flesh out the story that's sort of been handed to her. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be really neat. Oh, yeah. Like, can Jen write a good character? The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, like you said, she had started sending me emails. She's like, OK, here's my backstory and stuff like she's the, the, the gear. The gears in Jen Quick's head are turning, which is really exciting to us because we're all <laughs> yeah. like, Yeah, fangirls should be good. So I guess we'll do sort of um, after this podcast, there's going to be a clip of part of the session, the first session that we did. As we said, keep in mind, it's a little rusty. Real time stuff tends to be more. I mean, it's more like if you were in the room with us. So people are saying, um, and uh, a lot. (laughs) They're (laughs) getting their thoughts together. But we'll do kind of a summary of what ESPU is and then talk a little bit about where the fandom, the expanded universe, the fandom has started, basically has already started and where people can kind of contribute. So the general premise of ESPU is the year's 1999. So technology is slightly limited, but pretty close to modern. Nobody has a smartphone, but you all have <laughs> flip phones. Brick <laughs> uh, <Rick> phones. <laughs> yeah, because th- there gets to a point where the technology, modern technology is too good. We needed a little bit of a lower tech level. <laughs> a little, a little handicap. Exactly. There is a, a fictional island in the Maritimes of Canada, which is near like Nova Scotia in Prince Edward Island. That is a United States Canadian combined facility that was built. It's a combination of sort of a university. So there's like some military stuff in there, police academy combined as specifically a place where they would train psychics and psychic handlers. So psychics are underground in this version. It's so it's supposed to be an alternate reality, but pretty close to the real world in the sense that all the psychic powers, the average person doesn't know psychic powers exist, similar to sort of like the muggles in Harry Potter that they had this separate community. But the government wants to sort of harness them and they have a lot of incentives for, you know, they don't just round up psychics and throw them 
home in like a camp or anything, but they have like financial incentives and like international people who are psychics are offered like a citizenship if they join this facility. So all the PCs and NPCs are sponsored by one of two governments, either the United States or the Canadian government, and they're set up in sort of a dorm system. And, and a lot nobody's the- really so powerful that it's like the X-Men or something where having sort of yes. psychics running around is, is a potential public health yeah, hazard. No one's shooting so, lasers out of their eyes. Issue. No one's poisoning yeah. anyone through touch. No one's yeah. got spiky things growing out of their hands. All that kind of junk. Yes. This is yeah. low-level psychic stuff based off of sort of in real life there's kind of like different kinds of psychic power. When you look up like Esper powers on Wikipedia or whatever, you see a list and there's kind of the standard. There's things like telekinesis or postcognition or telepathy, things like that, where it's like really low. Everybody's at a pretty low level. There's a pretty good mix of different types of powers. Some people, their powers are like a mix of a few things or they, or quite frankly, they don't know what it is yet. <laughs> They're still sort of learning. Some of the university professors and stuff can have more powerful psychics. But yeah, these nobody's blowing up anybody by looking at them. This is more things like, well, similar to Toki Demons. It's like, I touch you and I know what you're feeling. Oh, yay. Like, you're not going to take over the world with that power. But you are going to get laid a lot. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's that kind of thing where it's like uh, urban fantasy. Go Sachi. Go Sachi. <laughs> he's not there yet. But yeah, he's just like... wait till he gets a little older. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah, kind of a fair. spoiler. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's technically the same universe as Tokyo Demons. And one of the characters from not Tokyo Demons, but Tokyo Ghost, the second series that's going to be starting next year, is in this game as well. So there's going to be a little overlap between ESPU and Tokyo Demons. But in a fair, I mean, it's like one character, so it's not like huge. But a lot of the rules that we applied to the Tokyo Demons book for anybody who's read that the same stuff still applies. And yeah, most of the psychics and Tokyo demons are, I don't want to say they're not powerful, but they're definitely all messed up and not very good at using them. So that idea, there, are no, there are no bees in this one. So yeah, you know. no, no, no bees. Not for now. I mean, the, the Sparkler RPG system itself, as it expands, it's going to be building for things like if people want to be mages, if people want to do a superhero game, things like that. But this particular campaign is just low level psychics. A little bit easier to work with. Um, similar to like the way people have like a fursona or like an avatar or something, an alternate, you know, where they're d and character where it's like this is me except i have this psychic power we wanted it to be pretty easy for people to kind of imagine their own characters and by that token since we've already started releasing pieces of the sparkler rpg book that we're basically putting together you can in theory run an espu session yourself at home with your friends yeah you will be able to soon when i finish writing the book yeah you can definitely create characters and i think combat is up too although we haven't done it in espu yet i think the the system for combat is technically up already for Mm -hmm. the sparkler rpg yeah we we started a paintball game in our first session and then basically never got to play any paintball. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of fell apart. So yeah, it's not going to be a combat heavy game, especially in the beginning, but some people really like that. I know a lot of people who run games, they're based around Dungeons and Dragons, like go on this quest, kill this dragon dragon, kill this, kill the orcs on the way, whatever. Sparkler RPG is designed a little bit more for interpersonal storytelling, I guess you would say. So it's like more dramatic. The combat is there and you can use it. But (laughs) as we're going to be sort of showing ESPU, that's the kind of gaming campaign that we had in mind when we designed Sparkler RPG. Not that it can't be sort of applied, but I'm going to talk about the art now because I'm really excited about the art. The art's (laughs) Uh, so cool. It's so cool. So if any of you are familiar with Angie Mori or Angeline Mori, she does a webcomic called Devil's Cake and she did a Duskin Kalevia short comic called The Range. 
which was really great. She's like one of my favorite artists. I really love her stuff. <laughs> and she's already started doing some quote unquote official art for ESPU, which we're going to be releasing very soon, maybe maybe when this podcast comes out. And also we've gotten fan art from the people who were basically watched the sessions. I think some of them were there live as well contributing. And some of the fan art is so good that we might kind of make it canon. That it's basically <laughs> make it official. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my character, they basically nailed my character. I was like, that's yeah. exactly what I had in mind. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing considering you didn't really describe yourself that much but it yeah like, like we got halfway through this first session and you introduced an npc who is black and i was like yeah my character's black too so <laughs> and that was like, kind of oh. about it yeah so it was sort of drawn based on the personality a little bit after knowing that basic and they're just they're so great <laughs> yeah so there's again we want to emphasize that fan participation we're taking i mean sparkly loves fan participation in just about everything like we really love fandom but this one in particular <laughs> we want to <laughs> integrate it whenever possible and i can't wait to sort of share angie she drew all the npcs oh it's so good i love it i've just got all those they're sketches just, and they're so good they're so hot <laughs> it's really great so well, it's kind of her thing is drawing hot people so you know yeah, angie draws good that, hot that's people. what leanne always says it's like we need someone hot maybe i can talk to angie <laughs> She's probably listening to this. It's like, is that all I'm good for? Hot people? It's like, no, Angie, I no, also love you for you're good, you. But good you're for lots good of people. things. But I mean, being able to draw hot people is a very important, wonderful skill. Oh, yeah. They're all so. much different looking, too. I yeah. mean, I think that that's a big part of it is that it's one thing to draw sort of quote unquote hot people. It's another thing to be able to draw hot people that look a variety of different ways. Yeah. So definitely. there isn't just one sort of generic Bishonen going on here. We've yeah. got the sort of big, muscular, Slavic guy, and then the cute little Asian guy, and everything in it's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Th that's a really good way to put it because definitely all those character designs look really different, but they all look like they're drawn by the same person and they all Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a unifying Shoot. style yeah, without it yeah. being same face syndrome. So. Oh, yeah. And that's a sign of really a really great character designer, which, which she is. Yeah. Also, she does very subtle but great. They look the races they're supposed to be. They're like very subtle right. changes where you can kind of tell, including a few of them where I'm like, the race of this person is not clear and they won't say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, I'm like, that's perfect. I really couldn't. You know, you look at that and you're like, oh, you're like, you're kind of looking sideways. You're like, you could be a lot of things or like yeah. mix, for example, where of course you're not going to be able to necessarily tell, but it's really funny, especially since you guys will see this once you actually see the art. But the character of Maria, I specifically told Angie that I wanted her to look kind of like a frumpy Catholic look, like a, a frumpy Catholic girl look, which is huh. very different from like Catholic schoolgirl, right? Which has like been hypersexualized in media. Right. And she's right. really nailed it. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. So it will be enjoyable. Plus, all these characters are we specifically wanted a game where everybody was over 18. So it's not weird. This thing can get kind of adult without it being like, oh, yeah, it can't get too weird. I mean, whatever. Okay, it just, it'll get weird weird. I'm sure there's already some kind of incest happening that we just don't know about yet. Sorry. We can cut that part out if we want to, but I'm just saying. No, there, there might be incest. Who knows? I always tend to find a way to sneak that in. It's always in there. If Leanne's working on something, there's always some kind of hint of it somewhere. Oh my god, did you? Oh, uh, I should have. I, I need to like make sure I reblog this on Tumblr. This is a little bit of a digression, but I saw somebody posting about like somebody asking, what are the current tropes of like contemporary shoujo? And the mm -hmm. person's like, I'm not entirely sure because I'm not following it as much as I used to, but there was definitely that Shokomi period where it was all like asshole boyfriend who basically rapes you. <laughs> I just, I thought of you when I read that, Leanne. <laughs> um, 
the old days of like sleep is for the week and the stuff that you would comment on in that and how like it was very much driven by Mayu Shinjo and stuff so yeah um, who had a very public falling out with her publisher um yeah yeah. certainly shoujo and we try to reflect this in the game shoujo is always kind of fucked up a lot of it so shoujo is based around like sexual politics and you can't have good sexual politics unless there's real weird tension there there's a little bit of danger there's a little bit of you know these surprises and stuff definitely shokami had a bad bad couple years where the Japanese PTA declared it the most dangerous yeah. magazine that young people could pick yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it basically became softcore rape pornography and that was not a good time. With, but With incest twist. That oh, was, yeah. That was the other thing oh. that was mentioned in that was the incest. I would um, argue that incest is a long, a time-honored tradition within shoujo. Like that's in the early, like <laughs> fabulous yeah. 49ers era. Like, <laughs> time-honored tradition. <laughs> You'd say it's like Actually, the person the, the person kind of closed out their Tumblr post by saying that, like, as far as they could tell, the current trend with shoujo was stuff that was a lot, maybe not wholesome, but much more sort of positive. So, yeah. like, the Ore Monogatari and, like, Chihaya Furu and sort of Kimi ni Todoke, like, that kind of yeah. much sweeter and kind of gentler romance. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like, I hadn't kind of... I'm sure there's some crazy stuff that's still out there, but it's true that, like, a lot of the stuff that seems to be pretty popular right now is much more sweet and sensitive rather than, like... Oh, take me now. Oh, I, you know, I don't, I shouldn't want you, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> or I said, it's like, I don't know if I should hold his hand or not. And you're like, okay. I mean, not to open up the can of worms that is this conversation, because I think we talked about this a fair <laughs> amount in the, in the romance and sex uh, podcast that we did back in the day. But the idea that talking about the way that romantic stories reflect sort of women's place in society and also the way that right. women are able to think about sex and sexuality and the idea that yeah. once you are able to internalize sex as a good thing, you're more likely to have positive romantic relationships and less likely to have the whole like bodice ripper thing kind of, right. you yeah, know. Right. As a as a major a major staple of your uh, stories. Yeah, I was thinking that even like even if all of the people who are looking for stuff that's more transgressive have moved like straight to boys' love or something, mm. even I feel like a lot of the boys' love that's out there now is less transgressive than it used to be. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think there's exceptions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always going to be exceptions, and there's always <laughs> going to be a market for things that are super fucked up, and there's always going to be a certain amount of stuff where you're just it's like three in the morning and you can't sleep and you're like, I need to read something really fucked up right now. But <laughs> hurry, sometimes. That's for me. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Okay, but uh, on Sundays. <laughs> hell, I mean, I, I I do also think that like the the trend of boys love getting happier and nicer is very very clearly linked to the fact that gay rights are doing a lot better now. You know, the idea that we moved yeah, away from the whole tragic romance thing and we're like, hey, maybe these people can actually be happy together and and yeah. everything. But this isn't. Yeah. I'm not saying anything new or interesting. I think there's we've been a little. <laughs> yeah, I think in, it might have been in Tokyo specifically. There's like a, a region where I think gay marriage is legal now that was really recent it's, it's in shibuya particularly okay it's one of the neighborhoods of tokyo that that particular ward has legalized gay marriage yeah so, I saw yeah saw. I mean, gay rights in in japan are very very different from the way they work in the united states but i do yeah. think that there is at least to some extent an overall sense of like international progress on that front yeah. So, or the conversations changed a little bit thanks to kind of international dialogue. Yeah. But Tyrant falls in love. There's a whole joke at one point. Oh, yeah. was it Tyrant? It was. It was either that was or Challengers, still... which was the prequel to Tyrant. In Challengers, where, where it was he went like, to America and got married. About, like, went to America and got married, and like gay married. Yeah. Big brother just flips out about that. It's like so. you damn Americans. Why did you yeah. let him marry that dude? I hate that guy. I'm not going to let him marry my precious brother. <laughs> 
Okay, whatever, bro. Anyway, Sparkler RPG. Yeah, we got onto this. I guess I'm curious to see whether we're going to end up the Show Komi track or whether we're going to end up Kimi Told Okay. Well, I think that there's a track other than those two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, I, I mean, I think that also, though, something I've been seeing more in, like, Western f- stuff, and particularly in, like, fan fiction and stuff like that, is things that are more uh, sort of adult, and there's a lot of sex and sexual politics and interpersonal drama and stuff like that, but you can have that without it being rape times kind of, yeah. you know, creepy, abusive man, meek girl kind of thing. And mm-hmm. right. and I know from experience that Leanne tends to write badass women and yeah. uh, guys who are mush on the inside. So, you know, not not 100% either way, but, you know, that kind of trend. Yeah. And honestly, that's what a lot of our writers and creators are into. <laughs> like badass ladies dudes who are like mm, a little bit of I have a lot of feelings you know and they're like yeah. my feelings are under my hard crusty shell but the feelings are just always like popping out of that hard crusty shell yeah you know? let's be honest we're into the tsundere and not the egoist yeah I mean there's there's a time and a place for egoist you know, I know like I know. And this game is gonna be partially it's gonna be as dark as kind of you guys wherever you guys take it which is probably not gonna be that dark and then on my end it, it won't be. It probably won't be as dark as Tokyo Demons, and I, I think like this, the sexual politics in Tokyo Demons, there is sexual assault there certainly, but that's not all the problem. Like it's like one or two characters have issues right. with this, and the rest of them have issues with other things that are like issues of control or other things that make you freak out that are not that. Because <laughs> there's plenty. Being a grown yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes turning into the... bugs, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you do. Body mind balance when your body's bugs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Also, that's part of the reason why I wanted this to be a university setting, because the average Sparkler reader is like early 20s. And I think that we don't do a hell of a lot of high school stuff, but we do a fair amount of high school like stories and Sparkler. And I think at all ages, I think there's a certain appeal of high school romances or high school Mm -hmm. dramas or whatever. But there's not like I think in general media, there's kind of like this gap almost, especially when it comes to like adventure stories, right? That you have kind Mm -hmm. of either people who are like high school age and dealing with supernatural powers or even younger than that sort of like in K through 12. And then you have sort of like adults who are dealing with it outside of school. Most superheroes who are like adults, but they're not in a school setting. I really like the idea of having kind of a school setting where you are significantly older and more independent so that you're not really adults yet either. Exactly. You're in that beautiful transition where you're like (laughs) (laughs) beautiful from a fictional standpoint not from a living through it standpoint necessarily which is part of what makes the show community so interesting that kind of age group and the dynamic of being in college and not just like Porky's style you know that people and stuff I actually think that's one of the things that's difficult about a college setting though is that I think that people's high school experiences are way more diverse than media that's set in high school generally leads you to believe but I think college experiences are even more so like my experience at a small liberal arts school is going to be incredibly different from the experience of someone at like a Big Ten university or the experience of someone at a community college. And like, those are all really interesting and valid things to explore. But in some ways, like there's just a little less universality to mm-hmm. that than there is, you know, and not everybody goes to college either. So I think yeah. that that's, mm-hmm. like, no, that's definitely, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how that works. So the funny thing we were talking as we started to kind of get into the first RP session, I'm very much picturing the school that I went to as sort of the parallel setting for this or like, like when I'm envisioning what ESPU looks like and kind of what the environment's like, it's very much like my university or my college. And that's not entirely accurate, I think, to 
the world that Leanne is creating. So at some point, I'm going to have to sort of reconcile that in my mind a little bit better. So like, <laughs> I, I was asking a lot of questions about the architecture, like what the architecture was like, or like what the, the kind of campus setting is like, because my college was very New England colonial. Everything was brick. All these buildings <laughs> had shutters, that kind of like open campus with these big green lawns with little sidewalks kind of crisscrossing them. Like you're very stereotypical New England, small liberal arts college <laughs> campus, whereas this is a government facility. So I think it's a little bit more modern it's a little bit more utilitarian mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so like it's a challenge for me because i'm talk about this sometimes that i'm not a writer i'm not really a creative person like i like being an editor and so like it's a challenge for me to try and en- envision this environment a little bit more rather than just automatically drawing from my own experience so mm-hmm. I have to kind of step out of my creative box a little bit. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, we should look for some pictures or something. Yeah. Because I think having some uh, setting images would be a help too. Yeah. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get, on, on the tech side, I'm really trying to get, I haven't had any art yet except for that one stupid logo on a white background that's on a black background that I couldn't make look any better than it did. <laughs> <laughs> But and now we've got two logos and some character design. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think having some building settings as sample images, even mm. if it's just from like a Google search, <laughs> yeah, that could yeah. be really cool. Mm. So help set yeah. the scene a bit more. Yeah, me and Lynn will talk about so that. So since we can't, yeah. you know, it's not like a and d session where we've got a map out in front of us with our little minis. We could get a map. We could do some kind of map. Yeah, we might. I don't know if we need a map. Well, well I mean, I think more than anything, I'm looking for things to be visuals and I'm looking for things to be sure. helpful to people who are trying to follow along. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a good and point. A, a little bit like the way dating sims are, where they have a map of like a facility and they're like, this person is here, this person is here, this person is here, where do you want to go? And they have like a little icon. That would be sort yeah. of like, that would be the dream to get mm-hmm. that. I'm not sure we're going to be able to really pull it off considering, um, I'm not sure we're going to be able to pull that off, but that's that would be kind of ideal so we'll see there's a lot that we can do we're gonna take this game really one step at a time and on purpose not just because you know (laughs) know, there's so many hours in the day but also because we wanted this to feel more organic and see where sort of the needs were and what people were suggesting the idea that it's a work in progress both as a game itself and as kind of a system i think is pretty exciting because we yeah you know we're we're sort of beta testing it live which means that we can get people's feedback directly and then integrate it and try and keep things exciting keep things interesting make sure that Mm -hmm. people are engaged and involved. I think it's, yeah. it's going to be cool. Mm. Yeah, so far, so good. I was very happy with the response we got. I'm less happy with my GMing. I need, I needed, to, <laughs> I needed a session to remember what it was like. But <laughs> everything else has really been falling into place. You guys, did a well, really we weren't really helping. We were like super unresponsive for like the first 15 yeah. minutes of the game. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. It takes a little while to get into yeah. it, both in terms of introducing characters, introducing settings, and also sort of figuring out what you're going to do and what you're going to say. So yeah. you know, growing pains. But this is how gaming sessions always are and I think it's going to be really fun in the future particularly once we're a little bit more you know once we know the characters and all the people listening know the characters and they can be all like make out guys just make right. out and because that's <laughs> not yet but who you know. knows are you going to go for that guy Lillian there's some guy <laughs> she ran oh, into man. yeah hell yeah <laughs> put it out there to the other PCs <laughs> I'm going to try and nail that the big blonde guy we, we've had cases where two PCs were after the same NPC two or more nice that can well <laughs> sometimes there are bad feelings that go into real life sometimes yeah hopefully hope, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen here uh, but just note some people are like no, I was going to bang that NPC <laughs> Anyway, it'll be good. Talk about how bad I am at banging NPCs. Oh, <laughs> and like my, at- my, 
my experiences with both Dragon Age and then like <laughs> oh. playing the Starfighter game where I just kept dying instead oh. of getting late. <laughs> Oops. If you can remember not to die a million times, it's actually not very hard to get, for example, the three-way ending in the Starfighter game. Just yeah. saying. That was great. <laughs> There's actually several three-way endings, as I've discovered, <laughs> thanks oh, to different wow. people's uh, walkthroughs. Oh, so. oh nice. Yeah. There's at least them. three different three-ways. Wow. What and one game. of them has two variations. I know. They're just <laughs> geniuses. Good job, Date Night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Starfighter Eclipse game we're talking about. You guys probably know that. Mm-hmm. The audience. Okay. It's wonderful. Everyone should play it. It's like Yeah, science. I'm I'm notorious with Dragon Age for like not being able to hook up with the person I want to and then like getting stuck with somebody who I don't really want or like just <sighs> never romancing anybody. Well, the thing about the thing about Dragon <laughs> Age is that <laughs> your your reward for like doing really well in those romances is that like creepy Barbie dolls mashed together sex scene that I had to skip through really fast because it made me very uncomfortable because it was just like <laughs> yeah, uncanny okay. valley like stop this is not a reward. It Sorry. depends on which which iteration you're talking about cuz okay, like I'm thinking old there's a lot of character stuff that happens after that too like i don't feel like your reward is the cutscene. no i know i know it's not a reward (laughs) it's not a reward you know i'm thinking i'm thinking of the original dragon age and i think that for example alistair was a really great character and they wrote a really wonderful romance with him but then you got that scene and i'm just like this is terrible make it actually i hooked up with zevran first and then i went to like the alistair romance and then it meant that i basically to like break zevran's heart by the end oh setting (laughs) because i was like no just supposed to be like a quick tumble and now you're like really into me and i feel really bad about it because i actually really <laughs> like you and oh i'm sorry Zevran. <laughs> i'm taking like, notes by the way you're <laughs> fine but like i'm not really other than apparently courtney swooning over sven or whatever his name was and in, in a peter sparkler <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually go for like the, the sort of like generic blonde hottie type. So Alistair and then uh, Colin in, in Dragon Age Inquisition are some of the fan favorites. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh, I kind of get it, but that's eh, not really not really what I'm going for there. So I, I wind up with sort of the disappointing romance and Severin's broken heart. Oh, so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love when things go wrong, too. That's really great. <laughs> yeah. You see, this is what we're dealing with. So be prepared, Lillian. I do know that Lillian is cruel. Uh, When she was drawing the picture of that guy that you may or may not end up boning, she used a picture of like a Siberian husky, as in like she got the eyes from a Siberian husky. (laughs) It was really funny. That sounds good to me. Wow. So speaking of first, I guess. (laughs) Unintentional furry romance oh yeah for wow. personas. yeah we're not we do not have personas in this game but i do like the idea that if people wanted to make their espu avatar it you know would be like whatever you want it to be like in real life you know if you put on somebody else's skin yeah plus give yourself a psychic power if you want it and also yeah. esp is built around people who are not psychics but who are friends of psychics who are supporters of psychics who are neutralizers of psychics mm. peter is one of those if you go out of control he is trained to take you down lillian so good to know <laughs> Nice. That's what she said. So out of control, this is going to be great. Anyway, so the clip is coming up shortly so you can get just a clip of the first session so you can get an idea for it. We'll probably do the Sparkle RPG. The next session will be sometime in January. We'll, we'll post it on our site. We'll probably talk about it a little bit in future podcasts. We might do another future podcast specifically about ESPU or Sparkle RPG. But for the most part, it's going to be running concurrently to the Sparkler podcast. So something else for you guys to plug your headphones in if you've got a long commute or you know, you're drawing all day. <laughs> <laughs> because after the the live session, the archive is kept on Twitch so that you can watch.
watch it basically after the fact. And so if you can't make that time, it's something that you can you can still keep up with the story very easily. Okay, does anybody have anything else to add? No, I think we're good. good. We hope everyone comes and uh, joins us in the chat room and helps control Tofu the cat and what horrible cat-like things Tofu's going to do next. Yes. Yeah, Jen Quick, her character is vegan, so somebody suggested she name her cat Tofu, and it was just such a perfect idea. It was adorable. <laughs> control Tofu, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a terrible cat. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk to you. We hope to see you at Sparkler RPG, but either way, we'll see you next month with Sparkler Podcast. Bye. Yay. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. So we all go out to team building? Down at the West Forest, yes. is that where we are? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. So Aya went, when she was with you, Jen, she, um, she got like a bag. It looks like one of those mesh bags that you bring to gym class that's got like, you know, I don't know, fabric in it, like flag football stuff or something. Uh, so you go down to this forest and there's kind of like a, uh, like a marker set up, just like a little area that's got like a bright orange flag on it. And she sets up there, and it's you three plus Brittany at this point. Uh, okay, uh, she opens up her dossier. Looks like we are uh, playing some kind of capture the flag sort of game. There's a just with the big four of us. No, uh, we're going to split up into teams, and there, I think a couple of boys are supposed to come show up too. There's a big, like, metal case that's there, and she opens it, and you see a bunch of paintball guns. Nice! <laughs> is that what you say while you take one? <laughs> yes. Courtney is okay. psyched. Okay, so you grab a paintball gun? Yeah. Okay, so we are doing, uh, you look like you've handled firearms before. Uh, Ooh, Brittany me. also gets a, Yeah. Because you were like, nice! <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never, I've never really handled guns before. I just, I like competition. And I've always wanted to do paintball. So it's, you know, it's cool that, you know, even though I'm up here in the Canadian wilderness, I still get to do some paintball. It's kind of like a normal teenager thing. I wasn't sure I'd get to do any normal teenager things anymore. <laughs> Paint assault rifles. <laughs> <laughs> in the Canadian woods. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brittany is like, woo! She clearly has been around a gun before. Hmm. She starts chanting USA, USA a few times. But she seems to do that when she gets excited, so you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to do orange teams and blue teams. Um, orange, here you go. That's uh, She starts looking a little bit pale. Hiya. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, orange team is going to be uh, Courtney and Brittany and somebody named Peter. I think he's coming. We still have a lot of orientation. I don't know if he's actually going to show up. And then blue team, that's going to be, uh, well, I guess we're going to have to combine teams because Maria didn't come. So Del, rather, and Cynthia come with me, and there should be a guy on the other side of the forest um, here. It, like she. Uh, Lillian, she gives you, like, orange jerseys, basically. You know, those mesh jerseys okay. you put over your clothes. Yep, yep. So, uh... Brittany and I fist bump each other again. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Wait, so... You're... To be... I, I don't know if it's... Like, I think there's two ways that you can fail. So, either they get your flag, or all your team members get shot. Uh, it, basically, if paint gets on you, even if it splashes, that's... You're considered uh, out. So... 
I guess, um, you know, good luck, I guess. Right. <laughs> We're gonna, you'll hear, uh, keep your phone near you, I'll send out an alert when it, basically when the game starts. We're basically gonna be on the other side of this, these woods. It's like, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile, quarter mile that way. Uh, there'll be a bright blue flag, like you have a bright orange flag right here. Okay. So, Brittany, can you give me some advice about this? Of, like, you know, you have a little bit more of a military background. Is there, like, a technique, or, you know, should we should mm-hmm. we strategize our infiltration plan? Well, I'd say, like, maybe leave somebody back here to watch the flag, and then the rest of us just try and go and assassinate them the way you usually do in paintball. I mean, it's going to be kind of boring to sit, sit back here, but, you know, if I gotta, I gotta. Uh, That's cool. Just... I've played goalie before, so I'm I'm happy sitting with the flag and, and keeping guard. Oh, okay. Uh, that might be good. I just in general try and get like kind of a hiding point, so behind a tree or ducking or something. If you can get up a tree, that's even better. But you know, I don't know how good your climbing is, but just you know, stay out of sight. I guess. Yeah. I'm, okay. I don't really know if they're going to be any better at this than we are. So you know. See your best, but usually find kind of a vantage point where you can both see the flag and outwards, but nobody else can see cool. you. That's good advice. Thanks. I go hide Rat. in the bush. Or I sort of find the street. Patrol. Rat. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of go against a bush. She looks really excited and kind of. Um, obviously, she can't run into the woods yet, but she starts kind of checking out the area around you. It's pretty cool. dense. The um, there's like paths in it, but there are a lot of them, and they kind of you can see even from where you're standing, they kind of branch out. So hmm. uh, it's not clear what's going to be where. Uh, okay, Becca and Jen, you are going at this point. Aya, she's looking more. She went from pale to sort of greenish looking. Um, she looks kind of well. Hey, she's sort of sweating. Are you okay? Yeah, I just don't feel that well. It's okay. Probably shouldn't have eaten lunch. <laughs> uh, Alright, she brings... Yeah. Hmm? Do you do anything? No, like, do you want to, like, lie down or something? You don't look so good. Well, that's, I'm not playing anyway. I'm just ref, so uh, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Alright, Del. Uh, in the back of your mind, you think about what your cat has done to her today. <laughs> That this might possibly be related. Hmm. Uh, You might not, but. Somebody really turned green from something my cat could do? No, I don't know. No, generally in your experience, no. Yeah, so I don't think I would jump to that conclusion. Alright, so you're on the free and clear. (laughs) Yeah, if she says she's fine, then that's, that's her thing. She's fine. You guys go to the other side of the woods. She kind of takes you around the woods so you don't know what paths work in there. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, you do see a guy waiting there by a blue flag. Um, he's tall. He is wearing a leather jacket. He is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> um, is it Joe Oda? <laughs> no. <laughs> Joe Oda is like, short like, and skinny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. And no, he doesn't wear guy. leather jackets. He's too stylish for that. <laughs> I don't know. There's some yeah. pretty stylish leather jackets out there. Oh, yeah. I assume this guy has, like, a gross leather jacket, but correct me if I'm okay. wrong. 
No, it's it's actually a pretty cool leather jacket. He sort of looks up at you. He's he's sort of, you know, you can't like really pl- place his race, but he looks like maybe he's Indian or Pakistani. Um, he looks up when you come up, and he is incredibly beautiful. Actually, he has advantage of beauty. <laughs> All right then. So, uh, he looks up at you, and he's like, "Are you guys from Dorm Three? Which is your dorm?" Yeah. He sort of looks you up and down slowly. Uh, let me see. Who's the hottest of you? Um, I'm, I'm regular hotness. Definitely not me. I don't think. <laughs> Am uh, I there? I don't, I got lost track. I don't, yeah, there. yeah, I don't okay. think either of us took any kind of Any extra hotness. hotness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's mostly looking at Aya, who also has that skill. Okay, at this point, Aya looks bad. Um, she's kind of clutching her stomach and, like, bending over. Um, by the time you get up there, uh, he sort of smiles at you. Guys. He's like, nice to meet you. And then she vomits all over his shoes. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's get you back to the med bay. Uh, I'm gonna kind of like. That's really not fine. Okay, let's let's do this. Vomits all over you. That's okay. Um. Oh, we're getting art made of us. I'm sorry. Off topic. Art. There's nothing better than than fan art in the entire the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, uh, I tr- I basically like stop listening to her and put her arm over my shoulder and start taking her toward the med bay as long as she doesn't like literally fight me. Uh, mm. yeah, okay. Um, yeah, she sort of stops fighting you because she's looking very faint now. Yeah, let's go, let's there, get you to the med bay. It'll be there's fine. There's actually kind of a med tent that's fairly nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like there are other activities that are happening and, you know, cause there's like a bunch of these little forests and whatever. And also just, like, a field, so there's kind of a uh, a little tent that has, you know, like, a red cross on it or something that uh, mimics, uh, rather indicates a med tent. So you want to drop her off there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jen, so mm-hmm. you're with this guy. What's your name? Del. Del? You, um... Yeah. Uh, What's that? Is that short for something? Nope. <laughs> is he, like, looking at me? Because I don't really like him when people, like, look at me too closely. Oh, yes, he's looking. It looks like he's trying to determine your gender. Okay, I don't like that. So it makes okay. me, I kind of already, like, have a prickly, this is making me feel kind of prickly, like, I don't like this person, like, trying to figure me out. Okay, so, in your case, does that mean that your back gets arched and your tail gets fluffy? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, what's the matter? Calm down. He kind of bristles a little bit back when you do that. Well, I'd be more calm if you'd stop staring at me. Uh, he kind of raises an eyebrow at you, but otherwise just kind of flicks a cigarette away. You guys have a box of paintball guns there, so he kind of opens them up. And takes one. He's playing with it. He looks like he's never held one in his life. Jen, you want to take your uh, paint gun? Yeah, okay. Guess okay. if I have to. Okay. 
You ever used one of these before? Nope. We got a couple, uh, he's kind of going through, got some extra rounds here. Let me, uh, try it out. He sort of aims at a tree. And misses pretty badly. In fact, like, it doesn't really, like, two kind of come out in rapid succession, and then he kind of it's like, oh, maybe something's wrong with the gun, and then just kind of, like, rams it against a tree, and then tries to shoot it again, and it's kind of, you know, like, it's kind of, like, whirring up. <laughs> oh, I think this one's broken. He goes and gets another one. But he's mostly trying to figure it out, and he's not doing a very good job. What about you, Jenny? Are you going to test yours out, or? Yeah, I'll give it one shot. Let's see how it what's feels. What's your, uh, yeah, what's your knowledge? Uh, my knowledge is five. Do you want me to roll? <clears throat> okay, I rolled for you. Um, oh, okay. Uh, how do I say this? It falls out of your hand and shoots in all directions. <laughs> <laughs> um, it actually splashes both of your ankles with paint. <laughs> I think this one's broken too. <laughs> He was in a lot of trouble, guys. Does that mean you automatically lost? <laughs> That's a good question. As, as like my team just sits and like twiddles our thumbs over in like the bushes because we're waiting for the alarm that's never gonna come because I is sick. So we're just like do do do. Okay, uh, Rebecca. By the time you get to the med bay, um, I has actually fainted. Oh, like, she, you kind of put down, and the doctor is like, oh, my God. Or the nurse, rather. It's just kind of a medic. Mm. Uh, what happened to her? Did she eat anything strange, or...? I mean, not that I know of. I wasn't with her at lunch, but uh, she's been looking sicker and sicker for the last couple of, couple of, like, half an hour or so. And she threw up, like, well, a lot on me and everywhere. She smells like Ipecac. What? Yeah, it's like a... You know, sometimes they used to use it as a cough syrup, but it basically induces vomiting. Usually somebody doesn't get, you know... You don't come across this normally. Like, somebody would have had to have given it to her. That's weird. Uh, I don't know. Okay, well. If that's all that it is, then she'll be fine shortly. Okay. You know, maybe ask around, see if she was eating anything strange, or... Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes people do it to themselves, if she could be, like, bulimic, maybe. Uh, But this is not natural. She probably doesn't have a stomach bug or anything. Well, I was with her roommate before, so, um, I mean, I can can go ask. Okay. Okay, so you're going back. All right, at this point, Lillian, you and Brittany are getting really annoyed because you've been waiting here for like 20 minutes and there's been no alarm. Yeah, I, I did Brittany's a little like, round of push-ups for a while. Um, I was doing some leg <laughs> lunges, but I'm getting pretty antsy. So okay. Uh, so at this point, Brittany's like, "I'm just gonna go and try to shoot them." I mean, got maybe like the alarm didn't go off or something, but I'm getting kind of bored here, so I figured just shoot anybody in blue, right? I guess. I mean, at least you can go over there and try and figure out what's going on. 
Yeah, sure. I'll do that. I'll, I'll stay if here I'm... and pull down the fort. Where, what, aren't we supposed to have another guy on our team, too? Or Yeah, that's what they said, but uh, nothing really working today, huh? Guess not. All right. I'm going to go uh, shoot first to ask questions later, all right? See you later. God bless America. She's really... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got, let's see, um, somebody said something in the chat room <laughs> that might help you guys. Oh, I know exactly oh. what's going on, because, yeah, but okay. my character doesn't, because she's kind of clueless. That's why I'm going back to talk to Del. Okay. It's going to take you a few minutes. So, uh, Lillian, oh. you... Um... <laughs> All right, Lillian, so you are uh, guarding the flag, huh? Okay. I am. I'm kind of, like, good... around the corner from it. I'm sort of hiding behind a tree so I can watch the flag but not be obviously standing out outside of cover. Okay. Oh, let me see. Sorry, I'm reading some of these things. Okay. Roll your awareness. You don't have good hearing either, right? No, not particularly. Okay, and you have no danger sense, right? I have no danger sense. <laughs> so that. Oh, by the way, Jen, yeah, at this point you're like trying another gun, and <laughs> clearly the problem is not the guns. I rolled a 12. <laughs> oh, you failed. Oh, you failed so bad. Um, that was your. Okay, that was your perception roll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Your gun is a little bit greasy, um, with like some sort of like oil or you know something. Because these are like the, sure. the you know got you know the air powered rifles or whatever. And at one point, you're kind of like sweating a little bit because you know it's August, it's a warm day, and you rub your eyes with your hands, which are covered in this like weird ass oil from the gun. <laughs> and now you have oil in your eyes, and it hurts, and you can't see. Okay. <laughs> so you basically, I go yourself. Darn it, and I sort of pick up a corner of my shirt and try and kind of wipe my eyes. Okay. Uh, roll your uh, hearing again, so just like a regular awareness. Uh, seven. Her awareness what? is a four. Yeah. A four? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, okay. really so you're, literally. Every, and you took no danger sense? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um,. You feel the gun being, like, somebody rips the gun out of your hand. Hey, who's there? uh, (laughs) You feel kind of like this very big presence kind of leaning over you, and someone sort of grabs you by the shirt and, uh, like, hefts you to your feet. Because I assume you're sort of squatting or something. Yeah, I'm sort of bending over a little bit. Ow, what's the big idea? Who are you? Are you... Are you going to take a swing? No. Or just... <laughs> I mean, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm cringing away a little bit, so... I may not have a good sense of danger, but, like, if something's looming over you, then <laughs> you want to be out of the way of that. that that's not really dangerous. Yeah, you so actually much. have, like, better stats than all the rest of us in terms of fighting, so, you know. Yeah, but I can't see anything. No. So... <laughs> um. Okay, you hear a guy say, um, what is this? <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's time for the vaguely 
Slavic accent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is a. What, uh, what is this? We're supposed to be playing paintball, but I don't know where my team is, and and everybody just wandered off, and <laughs> I don't know. I can't see anything, and I'm getting really upset. <laughs> it's been a long day. Okay. Uh, you hear kind of like uh, sort of some sort of rattling sound or whatever, and then uh, a bottle of water is sort of dumped over your head and it you know between that you're sort of trying to wipe it out of your eyes it kind of yeah the uh, the, the sort of flood of tears also helped so having a rough day yeah <laughs> okay so your your bleary vision is kind of coming back and you look up and you see this this massive blonde guy who looks like a nordic god uh like six foot five, like scarred, like like a Nordic god. If a Nordic god was coming at you with a battle axe, like he's really horrifying looking. Um, I mean, like handsome. Obviously, everybody in this yeah. game is good looking, but, but, but uh, intense. Yeah, he's kind of glaring. Uh, <coughs> he's sort of frowning down at you. You are wearing uh, orange. This uh, kind of like like plucks at your. I'm I'm a little bit tongue-tied, but apparently I make good first impressions, so I kind of go, yeah, in this dreamy <laughs> tone of voice. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and is he wearing orange? Uh, no, but he sort of, there's like a, an orange jersey that has been left near the base. Okay. And uh, puts it on. I, I am orange. Orange as well. Yes. Uh, this, you are from Dawn right? City, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. He's like mid twenties, late twenties, hard to tell. Older than you. I'm Courtney, by the way, and I reach out my hand so you can shake my hand. And I kind of, okay. I like wipe it off on my my shorts before I hand it to him because it's still a little sticky. <laughs> so. Crazy and gross. Yeah. <laughs> I am sorry about this uh, water. What, what do you do here? This, it's kind of like like lifting up your chin and like rubbing oil out of your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, uh, we're supposed to be playing paintball, but I guess there was oil in my gun and then I wiped it in my eyes and I don't know, I'm a little sensitive, so it just made a little hard to see, but I can see now. Um, I'm sensitive to grease in my face. (laughs) I'm weak. I'm frail. (laughs) Fragile. Um, Thanks. That that actually helped a lot. Um, Sorry, did you tell me what your name was? Are you our other teammate, I guess? Yes, I'm from Police Squad. That's still not what your name is. But <laughs> Peter. Peter, okay. Nice to meet you. Um, there's another girl who's on our team who went off to, I guess, find the blue team who we're supposed to be playing against, but we never actually heard the alarm for the, the game to start going, so I don't really know what's happening now. But you're here, and that's just great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so while you're talking, he kind of picks up uh, a 
one of the uh, paintball guns, and he kind of loads it, and it looks like this guy's been around firearms before. He's got kind of, like, scars on his face, like, you know, a little, little rough. Little rough. Uh-huh. Uh, you, uh, you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> well, he does have, <laughs> you know, and bad reputation, so. He has what? Sorry, intimidating. He's imposing and bad reputation. Imposing and bad reputation. Okay. Oh, bad reputation. I you think... say. Sorry. I guess that hasn't come up yet. But... <laughs> you said there is another person there for for orange. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, her her name's Brittany. Um, she wears a lot of red, white, and blue, but she'll be in an orange jersey like we are, and and. I think she knows a lot about military stuff, so she was off to try and find the other team and capture the flag. But it looks like you really know what you're doing, too, don't you? Are you psychic? Uh-huh, a little bit. What did you do uh, power? Um, it's kind of lame, to be honest. I, I can talk to computers a little, and, and I can do some stuff with electricity. I just found out about it recently, to be honest, and um, I kind of, you know, haven't had a lot of training with it, but uh, I'm just talking my mouth off now. I, I'll stop and let you do whatever you're doing in your imposing way. <laughs> <laughs> you said uh, electricity? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Electricity? Yes. No, I yeah. just... Uh, this why they put me with you, I think. Ooh, okay. Why do you say that? Uh, it's nothing now. It's nothing. Uh, I will stay here with Flug. Yes, it's Flug. You uh-huh. will find your Brittany. I don't know what she looked like, so you go, uh, go win game, yes? Okay, I'll go. Yes, sir. Uh, haha. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Alright, run off into the woods? Yeah, run off into the woods. Do you swoon a little when you're out of sight? Uh, I think I've been pretty busy swooning already, oh, so okay. it doesn't really change at all. If anything, I kind of lean up against the tree and sort of take a deep breath and like, okay, that, that went interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving uh, right meanwhile on team... I'm team terrible at this. All right, so Jen, <laughs> you and uh, uh, this guy. Oh, he introduces himself. His name is Raj. Okay, Raj. So um, both of you are complaining about the guns, and he's like, "Well, this clearly this one isn't working either, because you know, like he can't get it to uh, fire." And then he realizes there's, you know, you notice that there's no paintballs in it. For example, he's like, "Well, this one's clearly broken." <laughs> <Toss> it <down. laughs> All right, so Becca, by the time you get back to your, because your team blue, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So by the time you get there, there was like 10 paintball guns. Um, they're all kind of I think this game was out. rigged. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before, before we continue, when I first see them, how much paint is all over the two of them? Uh, like, at this point, you've got paint all over your clothes. Yeah, like, not like on your chest, but like definitely on your ankles, on your shoes, on your pants a little bit. What the hell happened to you guys? Well, they just gave us defective guns. Alright, I have rifle as a skill. Uh, Oh, do you? Yeah. 
Okay, so you can pick up literally any rifle that has been abandoned and find out that it is fine. Okay. Yeah, guys, these are these are totally fine, but I think you might have already lost the game. <laughs> well, it can't count if we do it to ourselves, right? I mean, if this was a real gun, you would already be shot in the leg, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Well, what if we, like, change our pants? <laughs> Do you have extra pants in the woods? 